0: Welcome to Baby Boomer Tales. My name is Jim. Thank you for riding along today. You can find us at babyboomertales.com. Once you've arrived, there are pictures of that great, beautiful country I speak so much about, North Central Colorado Mountains. There's also links where you can find our podcasts, including Twitter, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and more. You ever gone to the dentist? I'm sure you have. I would say that probably over 90% of the world's population has been to a dentist at some time in their lives. There are pictures of old-time dentists and how miserable and how awful it was. They weren't really doctors at all, but they'd pull your tooth probably for a shot of whiskey. You see things in artifacts at museums, Where like in ancient Egypt, for example, they would drill holes in teeth and wire them together, things like that. Dental care has really come a very long way in a short amount of time. Even when I was a kid, I remember one summer having to go to Old Doc there. I thought every week, that's how I remember it, but it was probably every three or four weeks. I did it all summer long and got fillings, those old silver fillings in your teeth. It was one miserable summer. I remember that so vividly. Walking home just felt like I'd been in a torture chamber. Now being gentle really wasn't something that came about until later on as I got a little older. You never heard about any of that early on in my childhood. You just needed to fill your teeth and give you a shot of Novocaine and hold on. Hold on I did not wanting to scream, not wanting to cry, not wanting to die. Doc was a good dentist though. Some of those fillings lasted me to way into adulthood. I don't believe I have any of those old silver fillings anymore. They've probably been replaced with the crowns. But I drank so much soda pop and ate so many candy bars and chewed so much bubble gum and all that stuff all during my childhood especially working at my dad's store around that candy and pop and junk food i'm amazed i wasn't obese but i was such a string bean skinny kid i just ate that stuff and drank that stuff and chewed on that stuff like there was no tomorrow and there was no consequences Even as I was getting those fillings, I didn't associate it with what I was stuffing into my mouth and chewing up with my teeth. I was just glad I didn't have to chew it up with my gums. My very best memory of Doc was when I got into high school, we had to go down to his office and get fitted for a mouth guard for football. That was my very favorite memory of him. He laughed and joked. It was all pain free and there were no drills involved. When I met the girl I was gonna marry, she mentioned during one date that her dad was a dentist and I thought that was kind of strange that I would actually take out a girl that her dad had the ability to strap me to a chair and do some kind of drill torture to me just for taking out his daughter. But then again, I didn't even think about it because I never thought I would ever meet him. Oh, that's nice, yeah, yeah, that's nice. She told me how she was the world's worst patient because her dad worked on her and she'd jump around and fight him off and all this stuff. And I thought, how brave are you? So just holding on for dear life, you're fighting back. Well, after we got married, almost immediately, within the first six months, She had me going to Kansas City for a dental appointment. And one of the very first dental appointments I had, I got a root canal. I didn't even know what those things were. It was pretty miserable. I was asleep for about 20 hours afterwards. But he was a very gentle dentist and had a very good practice there and made a good living to support his family for very many years. His name is Jack. And I always called him Jack instead of doctor, or mister, or dad, or something. Jack seemed to fit in the best. And his practice was more than just dentistry. At one time, he was one of the world experts on your TMJ, that's temporomandibular joint. It acts like a sliding hinge connecting your jawbone to your skull. He would travel all over the world and be an expert witness in trials and lawsuits. Somebody get in a crash and do a header right into the steering wheel, and then their jaws hurt so terribly for years later and they want to sue the insurance company or whatever and he'd have to go testify. He also had a school at his dental practice where dentists would come from all over the world to take his classes on his TMJ. He also traveled all over the world and gave seminars on that very thing. So he's quite well known in his circle and quite respected. And people going to his school or attending his seminars or watching him testify in court were not like his daughter, ready to fight him at moments notice if he comes close to her with that drill. It took my wife years and years, once my father-in-law retired, to train herself to not fight back in the dentist chair. I'll tell you this right now you sit down with a dentist that doesn't know you, you start slapping their hands away and sitting up in the chair, in that lay back chair, arguing with them and stuff, that will not fly. Those people are not your dad, darling. Well, he became our dentist, and once we moved to the Midwest, my wife worked in his office for a couple years. And we would go to him for all of our checkups and cleanings and dental needs. My wife, my two girls, and myself. After several years of that, I was really feeling guilty that he wouldn't take a nickel for any of that. And in my little brain, got to think how I think now, I thought, well, I feel so bad about getting a free ride here. I think I'll go somewhere else. So began my long procession. It was like a parade of dentists, one after the other. None of them were as good as my father-in-law. None of them were as gentle. None of them, I felt, knew as much as he did. Finally, we went back to Jack. He didn't know why we left, and I humbled myself to get my good dentist back. You know, it's hard to find a good dentist. It's kind of like trying to find a good mechanic, one that you trust with your mouth and your pocketbook mechanic one-way you trust your car and your pocketbook a lot of correlations there his only downfall i ever felt like was you have his hands in your mouth and you're laying back there and the assistant has some kind of tube in your mouth sucking up your spit he's got a sharp object in there looking around with a light in your face and he asks you a question like so what are you going to do this weekend Now, I know dentists are famous for that, but I know he did that on purpose just to get a laugh. I'm sure once I left the office, they'd all kind of snicker like, I show him for marrying my daughter. One time, he talked me into getting what was called a splint. He said that I was grinding my teeth, and I knew it was from another dentist that ground them down, but I couldn't argue with him. So he put me in the splint, and it was a $500 item clear back 40 years ago. He told me I was grinding my teeth because I was married to his daughter. I think he told me that when his hands were in my mouth and I couldn't respond. I talked about that splint in an episode about when my dog Maxie was a puppy. We tried to make her so she could come inside and lay by the fire in the winter and kind of be half house dog and half farm dog outside. and That did not work and one day she grabbed my splint and about ate it, chewed it all up. I had to take a razor knife to it and try to fix it so it could even fit my mouth. But I still sleep with that thing today. I take it into the dentist and they clean it up once in a while, go around showing everybody and nobody can believe that I would still be wearing that thing. But it was one of those things like a favorite pillow. I really can't sleep without it. A couple times I've fallen asleep without it, and the first thing I realize when I wake up in the morning is, I didn't wear my splint. So maybe it's like a teddy bear, I don't know, sitting there in my mouth, keeping me from grinding my teeth in my sleep. Well eventually, Jack retired and sold his practice. We tried going to the dentist that bought his practice, and that was okay, and I did find a dentist there that I liked and eventually she left that practice and opened up a dental practice of her own and I followed her there. Was with her for years and years. The only problem was that dentist's office was right in the middle of the city, almost an hour away from where I lived. And as I get older, more and more I just want to trade in town, my little town of a thousand people. And I did find a dentist I liked very much there she's a very very good dentist the hygienist is probably the best one i've ever had i like the girls that are the assistants and work in the office and they make me feel right at home so no more city dentists for me and if they happen to ask when they have their hands in my mouth a question about how's the family how you doing you brushing your teeth every day why don't you floss more I just don't even try to respond, unless I just shrug my shoulders a little, sitting there with my mouth as open as I can get, trying not to move, knowing I'm not going to scream anymore, knowing I won't cry. Well, this whole episode came about because a couple days ago, my father-in-law, Jack, just turned 89. He's always been a tough guy. He was a very, very good tennis player and Most of his kids were tennis players because good old dear old dad was and a couple of them turned out to be quite good. I remember one time he was probably in his late 70s and one of my sister-in-laws did a little tennis tournament, family tennis tournament, for his birthday and nobody let him win but by golly he did. Fog! Be quiet! Sorry about the dog barking. He's sitting right outside my window. He likes to do that and barking at something down at the pond. So I know. I think it was a couple episodes ago we had a thunderstorm. I had thunder rumbling along and now I have dogs barking. That's okay. That's okay with me. Where was I? Yeah. Jack just turned 89 the other day. 89 years old. Physically, he's still pretty darn good shape. Doesn't have as much hair as he used to. And is a little tougher for him, but by golly, I have to admire him. have to admire that through thick and through thin, through all the challenges that life will throw at you and some of the things that you turn left when maybe you should have turned right, all that stuff that we all go through, doesn't matter who you are or where you came from, mankind is not immune to any of that stuff. It's called life. Anyway, he's still doing okay. He was the smartest man I ever knew, so I guess he still is, even though he'd probably argue with you now. I always said I want to live to be a hundred. If that'll happen or not, I don't know. I know that I have to keep care of my body a little better than I have been. Last year I got heavier than I ever have ever have been, and. I realized right then I wasn't feeling as good as I thought I should so I've started to lose a little weight now I'll never be as skinny as my father-in-law he always was in good shape always kinda ate some of that stuff I wouldn't eat you know tofu and kale all that stuff but I have lost 17 pounds pounds now I've got another 10 and a half to go if I can do that I can surely fit in a lot more of my old britches It'll increase my wardrobe. I can go downstairs to that bedroom closet down in the basement. It's half full of old clothes that I either don't wear or can't fit in. So that'll be good. Family is a great thing. Just to see how we all change as years roll by. How children turn into young adults and later into middle age. Raising families of their own. To your parents. And your wife's parents walking that journey we call life right to the very end keep it simple and do it with a smile i don't care how serious you may think it is keep your attitude in the right place and the sun will always shine even on a cloudy day always remember to be kind you reap what you sow in life i'll be back next wednesday Peace out.